Coming to you from our opulent and luxurious 4x8 refurbished broom closet at the National Headquarters in Indianapolis. With duct tape, studio lights, and a mic that you barely can hear, we hope to entertain and educate you. This is the Tango Alpha Lima Podcast. They call me crazy because I'm facing all my giants. They try to scare me into thinking I can't fight it. They tell me I should never even think of trying. But that's just me. I'm going to live out in defiance. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Tango Alpha Lima Podcast. I am your host, Mark Seavey, here at the National Headquarters of the American Legion. Joined, as always, by Jeff Daly of the Michigan Dailies by way of Hollywood, California, and Miss Ashley Gorbolja Maldonado, originally from Ohio, currently of Washington, D.C. Guys, how are we doing today? I'm outstanding. I cannot complain. I, I, Ashley just looks so nice and made up. I, I'm stunned that it's anyone would do that. It's literally lipstick, bro. It's literally lipstick. I, I, yeah, I'm like, a natural beauty. I don't need a lot of. You makeup. are. You are a very natural beauty. I, I grant I, you that. I you feel the same way about my husband. So. I, I was gonna say you're the second hottest person in your house. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> so now we have it recorded. Are you happy? Are you happy? We we've expressed my man love for your husband, and he is a dreamboat. Absolutely no doubt about it. But as as I told you before, he won me over when he tried to get me to do what was it salsa dancing or something and he said you have very uh latin Latin hips you have very latin hips and i was like there's something not right with you so wonderful (laughs) man but today we are joined by darren peppel darren is a uh, graduate of west point graduated in 2007 and then he served as an army artillery officer until 2015 including two tours of iraq and a third in the united arab Emirates. As a platoon leader, Peppel led soldiers on hundreds of combat patrols during his deployments. Peppel used his experience to write his new book, Dodge Bomb, a satirical work that follows a lieutenant and his platoon as they go out on patrol each day and try to stay alive. The book sheds light on the rank-and-file soldiers who fought al-Qaeda, broke bread with sheikhs, and tried to understand America's sustained involvement in the Middle East. Originally from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, where we uh, found out that Jeff Daly used to drive the Hershey Kissmobile, uh, Darren currently works and resides near Washington, D.C., and is a member of American Legion Post 1976 in Annandale, Virginia. And we will be joined by Darren right after this quick commercial break. The American Legion is Veterans Strength in America. We're in your community, supporting veterans, service members, and their families, enriching the lives of young people, and promoting citizenship and patriotism. Our members are passionate about these core values. Help strengthen America by joining the American Legion today. For more information, go to legion.org slash join. All right, now we are joined by Darren Peppel, uh, the author of Dodge Bomb Outside the Wire. Ashley, you get to go first today with Darren. Go. So, Darren, thanks for being on the show. I wanted to ask you about the inspiration, obviously, from your book. You, you were, you're overseas. You've had these life experiences. What was that moment that you said, you know what? I'm going to write all this down because I need to share this and I need to share this now. Yeah. Well, I uh, really appreciate, uh, first off, just being here. Um, Ashley, Jeff, Mark, you guys are awesome. Um, but I think the inspiration for the book really came out when I was uh, – getting out of the army in like 2014, 2015. And I just was like trying to make sense of it all. Right. Um, and that sort of translated to 
what did Iraq and, you know, what do these like these foreign wars mean? And also just like making sense of my service. Uh, so it kind of became like a, uh, a transition mechanism catharsis to like actually put it to paper and, and to be like, no, I'm actually going to make a book and, and do it. Very cool. I understand the cathartic nature as someone who's gotten out more recently within the past two years. There are certain things that I still do and now in a journaling aspect find very, very therapeutic. So I think this is uh, something common that I've seen within our veteran community and those sharing stories. So um, congratulations. It's phenomenal. I, I love to watch other authors, you know, be successful in their endeavors and be able to share their stories. And I'll go ahead and pass it over to Mr. Jeff. Already? It's oh, already my yeah. turn? Yeah. I know. This, wow. This, this marks our first podcast where we're on schedule. This right. Is, I, I, and usually when Ashley gets going, I go take a break for a while and come back. And But wow. This it's, is awesome. It's pretty early. We're, we're nervous on. about our internet connection. So we're good to go. <laughs> there we go. All right, Darren. So you, you wrote this book. I, I'm looking here to see where I saw it. But I think I saw that it's satirical. It is. So you're yes, a funny guy. You're a funny guy. I, <laughs> maybe I just look funny. I don't know. Jeff, but I, I try. So what, when, uh, so is this, you know, in Hollywood terms, is it based on true events? Is it, is, 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 how much of it is, how much of it is fiction and how much of it is real? It's, I'd say it's, it's 50, 50, right? So it, it, it's based off my, first tour to Iraq um, in 2008 with a cab troop. Um, a lot of these characters are drawn from reality um, and some of our sort of operations there. Um, but since it's fiction, um, I, can, I can say things, I can, I can do things um, that didn't actually really happen. Because as we all know from like being in the military, um, you know, it's, a lot of the stuff we do is just boring, right? You know, or, or Hey, I was just sitting around for, for months and then there was some action and then, and then we were, you know, bored again. So, um, since I make it fictional, I can be satirical. I can poke a few little, you know, jokes at army bureaucracy or culture or whatever. Um, that just, you know, really didn't happen. Um, but you know, and it's a, it's a, it's a safer way to do it. And you can say more things with fiction than you can with truth. Sometimes you can also be, smarter smarter and funnier and and just more insightful than you were in the moment because uh, you do have that you have that luxury of having figuratively turned the page in your life and being in a, a different chapter in your own journey that you can look back and uh, really look at that so was it was it therapeutic or was it just uh, just a creative thing in you that had to come out uh, kind of following on Ashley's point, what kind of drove you to put words onto a page? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I find that all the uh, global war on terror stories are kind of missing the mark. I mean, some get close, but, you know, when we watch things in, on movies or a lot of the media and books and stuff out there, it's like, we all, we all hear their narrative, right? It's everyone who went to Iraq or Afghanistan is like some Navy SEAL sniper who is crazy PTSD and, you know, is, and was, you know, obviously special forces and, you know, and just, was just the awesome, most raddest dude around. And, I'm, and 
knowing my experience and other veterans experiences it was like no i mean you know there's just like a lot of us who are just regular guys and girls just trying to do a mission make sense of it um you know and and bring you know a better standard of living and you know freedom democracy etc uh overseas and i i don't think that's really captured um so i i was like i'm gonna make my silly little book you know with hopefully a, and and change that narrative um beyond the american sniper hurt locker silliness that we kind of see out there that's good when i i'm gonna hand this off to mark but i'm gonna fire him up on the way uh, what i'm not hearing is a, 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 that attitude of a story that we did previously about an officer who just was disgusted by dirty enlisted people and are disgusting or what he'll give you the exact word. Oh, I know he, guy. Rem he remembers it. That guy probably. was a gem. <laughs> but I, I was, cause I was going to pick on you and go, yeah, those other movies and stuff, they're about dirty enlisted people and you needed to step in as an I officer. Needed to, I needed to confirm that with you guys be like, Oh yeah. Ugh. Like, no, I, I, I hope I'm not one of those, no, those no. guys. Um, Nobody is one of those. What was that? that guy, I can't. He he talked he about was living the, in he was living in the barracks. Yeah, and, he, with all the perverse NCOs. Yeah. Oh, that guy was a gem. I well, love that guy. Yeah, he yeah. was a Navy officer who somehow got housed with the enlisted, and he went on the most epic rant of all time about how they were. Uh, dirty, perverse, and just—he wasn't his wife. His wife wasn't safe. Yeah, was yeah. You can't have them around NCOs. That's just a terrible, terrible idea. I don't know. The peasants and prisoners that are exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you did manage to get me all sidetracked. By the way, Jeff, uh, uh, the there's a word for when you think of the right thing to have said. That it's called uh, esprit d'escalier. It means witticism in the elevator. So that's when you should have had a response and then you think of it later. So just want to share that one with you. Uh, Darren, I saw that you had like, uh, I was trolling through your Facebook and I saw that you had like uh, Doctrine Man was uh, reading your book, which is, you know, all of us. We had talked beforehand about how you had to put a glossary in the back with all the acronyms and that civilians might not understand it. Uh, who is your target demographic? Are you, you, I assume you're talking more to those of us that actually have a concept of, of what it's like, or were you looking to kind of bring it down to regular civilians? So, so actually it's both, you know, I'm going to answer your question by saying it's everything, right? Um, Which is what you have to say as a, as a, as a, as a book writer. Got it. Yeah. But it's a, uh, I mean, so target demographic initially was like, oh, this is going to be for like veterans, for military personnel, it's people who get it, right? But then as I was writing it and kind of the genesis of the book with many things was like, just trying to relate these experiences to civilians. Again, they don't get it or they see the Hollywood image of what it's supposed to be and it's, it's fractured and wrong. So that's why I try to write it in such a way that it was relatable and realistic. Um, and explained a lot of things and hopefully didn't dwell on acronyms too much so that, you know, your mother can pick it up and go, okay, you know, um, without, you know, just killing her with acronyms. Right. Yeah. Uh, you had talked about how you wanted to talk about the real life in the military and it, it's, 
95% of the fun moments we had in the military was just out of sheer boredom. Uh, but I, I do remember the, the, my all-time favorite article, and I don't even mean just military, but all-time favorite article was in the Boston Globe a bunch of years ago where an embedded journalist was stuck with a bunch of infantry guys. And they went off on like a two hour fight as to whether Connecticut was part of New England. <laughs> and it was just these guys fighting about whether Connecticut was part of New England. And that to me was the most accurate portrayal of military people I've ever seen, because we will sit around and fight about the stupidest thing imaginable for hours because there's literally nothing else to do. But I, I'm wondering how about like how much action did you have to put in it to keep it rolling and how much were you able to kind of tell these stories around the campfire that that to us at least to me seem far more enjoyable anyway yeah well i i try to i try to sprinkle in a lot of action i i, I had a plan or at least i think i did in the beginning to make it interesting and have a, a rise and fall a climax etc um but yeah i have to put in so many fun like soldier stories and humor in there um you know when, when you read it you'll notice all the soldiers are, are quoting you know, Talladega Nights. They're always going shake right. and bake, you know, which was a real thing we did. Um, and, you know, I have one zany sergeant who just wants to talk about the Illuminati at some point, you know, like this, that's just the culture and, and the moments that are just people just trying to like break the boredom with something fun. Yeah, what we were when we were in Afghanistan was when uh, uh, Team America World Police came out and there were more take a left on Durka Durka street references than could ever have been plausible. So totally get it. And there's always that guy. And actually one of my former troops was that guy who thinks the bleak, the black helicopters, the FEMA camps buys into all of it. And it still shocks me to this day because he did become a first sergeant after I got out. And I was like, that's spectacular. And I think his email was actually like, black choppers fema at yahoo.com and i was like dude what is wrong with you so all right that was my thoughts on that let's take a quick commercial break and we will be right back with darren to talk more about his book so you were discharged with a 20 percent disability rating but now you can't hear so well and need help contact an american legion service officer service officers are free of charge and they help all veterans Find one near you with our online tool at legion.org forward slash service officers. All right, and we are back. Ashley, you are up first again for round two. Go. All right. So keeping in theme, my question was more along the lines of acknowledging that you have an excerpt that's on your website. And I kind of want to channel my HG Wells and I want to read just a little bit of this excerpt because it really is very poignant as to what Mark was just talking about. Um, so cue music. No, just kidding. Okay. All right. So incoming, 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 get to your shelter. It's cried it seemed to emanate through the, or from the hallways and penetrate the skull, his skull. He spilled out. He spilled out of his bed and threw on his boots, no time to tie them properly. He grabbed his uniform, shirt, top, and helmet and fell into the hall. The pain in the ass robotic voice insisted, incoming, incoming, get to your shelter. He ran down the hall to only, to the only, only, only room open and all, all light, excuse me, and all lit and stood in the entryway. Inside was a desk, radios, and three soldiers sitting on a couch playing Xbox. 
on a flat team, a flat screen TV, their backs to them. What the hell are you guys doing? He twitchingly squeaked. We've got to get to the bunker. A protracted, awkward pause occurred as the three men turned around to gawk to the interruption. There were two specialists and one staff sergeant, or excuse me, and one staff one staff sergeant. And in the agonizing moment, he could see their faces comprehend who he was and what he was saying. Another millisecond went by and their faces twisted into side-splitting laughter. Get to the bunker, they mimicked, <laughs> in a squeaking voice similar to his own. They'd all now forgotten the game and were rolling over themselves giggling. A child's hatred of being ignored and belittled welled up in him, and Fitz stood up straight, addressing Staff Sergeant in a more commanding voice. Sergeant, you guys, do as I say. Grab your gear and take me out to the nearest indirect bunker. The sergeant remained unfazed, but had an had an older man's gleam uh, in his eye of playing by the proper rules. He stood up in the couch and walked smoothly over to the lieutenant. He reassuringly touched him on the arm and guided him back down to, down the hall to Fitz's room. Sir, he spoke softly, differentially now. We get rocketed all the time. The worst thing you can do when you get indirect. When you get indirect is to run all over the place trying to find proper shelter. You hunker down now where you are at, and if your number's up, it's up. And besides, you're in a brick barracks right now. The logic of that and that sergeant's calming demeanor sapped Fritz, Fritz's panic level. He guided him back to his room where he was a child raving monster, like, like he was a child raving of monsters under his bed. Get some sleep, sir, he said reassuringly. Cooed and Fitz closed the door and sat down on his bunk. That's that's a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So I apologize. I'm I'm like reading it and my screen shrunk and I I don't know. For those who can watch video, I have really bad eyes. So I'm like, whoa. <laughs> well, Ashley, so I, anyway. I appreciate that, and that shows kind of why I'm scared of making an audio book, right? Because it's, it's just so hard to, to read it well. But I, I appreciate you, you doing that excerpt. Yeah, no problem. I just felt that it was very on point to what we were t discussing. And my, I guess my, we'll get to my question, I guess, because I wanted to- Can I, can I just read. interrupt real quick with a quick oh, egg? Of course, I was so waiting. When I went back to Afghanistan as a journalist, they they did the little indirect fire drill you have to do to get in. And they're like, lay down on the ground, cover your head and everything. And we had no sooner left that room. than there was, we had like the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders with us and the alarms went off and everybody got down. And I was like, I'm not doing it. So I sat on a bench, but they were all laying on the ground, shrieking with their hands over their heads and everything. And this infantry guy walked by with literally just a towel on and flip flops. And he's like, Hey, what's going on and everybody's just laying on the ground i was like this, this so yes that's exactly what happens to everyone after three or four times those alarms go off nobody moves nobody okay. cares and actually that's that's one of the just trying to tell these true stories and 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 how it actually was because instead of oh everyone always jumps down and takes cover i mean that's that unheroic moment that reality that's that's based on a real moment when um, it was like the first time. Now, I embellished a little bit, and hopefully, I wasn't that big a wuss in front of my troops. But I was like, "Guys, we we gotta get to the bunker," and they're like, "Shut up, Sarah! Like, just just sit down, you know." And it's 
that that's that's the reality and that's again why i just wanted to like write this book to, to convey that sort of thing well i'm a firm believer that you know officers need heroes too <laughs> you nailed it you absolutely nailed it you guys um, are my heroes <laughs> my i hope not wow <laughs> you need to get out more yeah <laughs> uh, i don't even have a good conduct medal i can't be anybody's hero all right jeff i think you're up what did Ashley? Did you have? I thought you had another question. Oh, I'm sorry. To totally fine with rolling with rolling on it. I was just going to ask uh, Darren to expand a little bit more about um, his duration and time in service, and maybe one of his fonder memories. Oh, fonder memories, and oh, so um, so Ashley, I was actually in the army from 2000 to 2015. I actually enlisted before I uh, commissioned as an officer, so I'm not, you know, completely. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I sold out at some point, but I had a little bit of common sense in me. Uh, I got the opportunity to go to West Point in um, 2003. I graduated in 2007, uh, commissioned in the field artillery. I did two tours to Iraq and then one awful tour um, in, in the Emirates. Uh, and after, um, after command as a field artillery officer, uh, rocket launcher battery at, at Fort Lewis, Washington, and in uh, 2014, I decided to get out and, you know, then, you know, became a normal person or just a, a surly veteran like all of us now. Um, and probably some of my finest memories are, are really what this book is about, of, of that sort of camaraderie with this little cab troop called Bushmaster Troop um, and, and the men that I, I served um, with in, in Iraq and just all the, the fun times and, and uh, the relationships I still have to this day uh, with everyone from that troop. So that's, that's why I had to capture it for, for posterity, right? And I will say uh, a new normal, a second service. And uh, since we're approaching Halloween, Morticia Adams once said, what is normal to a spider is chaos to a fly. So for us transitioning folks, it's very, um, it's very relevant. It, it's different for everyone. So write that totally one down, that Jeff. Off. We got we just got we got a quote at Ashley. That's I know. And it's Morticia like an Adam's family quote. Yeah. <laughs> all the things. We need more Halloween quotes. On a Wednesday. All right, wait, are we I'm yeah, curious we back? how I'm, it's all yeah, you, Jeff. I'm, it's all you, babe. It's all I'm, you. I'm too stunned by Ashley. So you're up, Jeff. Oh, that's sweet. He just called you stunning. Uh and, and <laughs> So as you can probably tell by my hat, I, I don't read a lot. So I'm not going to do an excerpt. But I, I did get through part of the book already. And I actually am pledging I'm going to read it. Um, but I got through the title. So I'd like to do an excerpt reading. Well done. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Dodgeball. So there you go. That, you is, my, that is my reading of an excerpt of your book. So I did, there's one thing when, when Ashley read, it's reminded me of something my mom says. Uh, you had that thing, if, if it's, if your time's up, it's up. My mom would always say, but you don't want to be sitting on the plane next to somebody if it's, you know, if it's their time and you're just uh, kind of going along for the ride. So uh, I, like I said, I am, I am going to, I'm going to, I'm going to read it. I'm saying it out loud and we could do a, uh, we should do a, we should do a guest book club show one day and talk about all the guests who've written books. I, I guess if you're, 
if you're smart enough to do things after the military, you write books because a lot of military people who are smart uh, do that. So I did want to ask again, uh, I kind of want to get back into the book. So the, if, you know, the, the beginning, middle and end, can you, can you kind of give, and I, that's why I said the name because we hadn't said it yet. Um, I, I had to say dodgeball like in that cool Hollywood voice in, in a world. Really? That's what that was? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you just well, that, sort of want to, uh, like a, a, without giving away the ending, just like a nice little yeah. like summary and just, just an excuse to say like dodge bomb a couple more times, Jeff. And please do in your own way. Yeah. That'd okay. Be amazing. Dodge bomb outside the wire in the second Iraq war, you know, the greatest war novel thriller ever. Uh, so this, this book, this story follows a young Lieutenant, um, who's a casualty replacement. He goes and joins a unit that is deployed in Iraq. Um, and he has to win the, you know, um, trust and, you know, of his new unit and overcome his naivety um, to, you know, get through his Iraq deployment with them. But then as he, you know, gets in, through some combat and a few harrowing experiences, uh, he starts to realize that he's facing more than just Al-Qaeda and bad guys. Um, there's, there's Arab politics, you know, there's, you know, army officer rivalries and their sort of games and schemes. You, you guys know how officers are, you know. Um, so a lot of that's going on and he's, you know, confused, um, but still just young and eager and trying to, trying to do his best. And then uh, as the story continues, you know, the unit starts to take casualties and he gets kind of rocked by some very sad, tragic events and he has to deal with them. And, you know, and then he, he has to deal with them and, and, and make sense of his whole Iraq tour. Um, and it's in that sort of crescendo and that, that journey, uh, I think we've all went through uh, with our our overseas deployments, our military experience. So that's that's what it is, Jeff. Dodge bomb. Wow. <laughs> that is definitely that is definitely going on by reading this. Actually, you had me at satirical. Yeah. Uh, so I will uh, I will I will be I will be reading that. And by reading this, by the way, is is now one. Excellent. I will be reading. This, this be reading will be the that. first time that Jeff has read. Marine Corps reading through. Books. It'll be really it. impressive. So we'll let you know. <laughs> I, have, right. I, I have three questions, so that's Ooh. not going to work out too well. But, well, let me ask the first one. My, um, We talked about how I had gone to a military college and did not commission. We had talked earlier. Part of the reason was that I liked small units better. I liked being with the, the at the largest, the platoon, and being alone. And I'm curious how much of that you experienced when you got higher up, when you became a captain and you couldn't kind of be with the boys sitting around a fire, did that kind of like having come from the enlisted side, you know what I'm talking about where everybody's just sitting around shooting the shit. Did it get, when you kind of moved up, did you get away from that or was it just something new? It's, it does get away from that. And you see as, as officers, they only get these like brief moments to like be with the boys or, you know, be with, um, and that's like platoon leadership and then like, you know, company or battery or troop leadership or battalion. Um, and yeah, when you go on like staff or something, it's, 
it's just really lame. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's necessary, but it's also like, you're in charge of yourself. You're in charge of two people. Um, so yeah, I, I, I did miss those sort of bonds and whatnot. And that's probably half the reason why too, I'm not in the army anymore. Yeah. It's, we, our S3 would occasionally just sort of wander out and decide to go on patrol with us. And it was like, I, I almost felt bad for him. I was like, if this guy just wants to be part of the group and they, they've got him hauled away in the talk doing something. Anyway, that was just what I thought. Um, I did see that you had some sort of reunion at the uh, Legion post in Las Vegas, which I thought was pretty cool. And I know you are a Legionnaire there in Annandale, but uh, what, what's the reception been, not just from like uh, people that were global war on terror, but has it been read by others outside that have communicated with you like Korean vets or Vietnam guys or anything? Yeah. Um, let's see. I've, uh, I've had a couple sort of like World War II vets, um, older vets, and they, again, I think each generation of warriors, whatever, we have to explain our own conflicts. Um, so I've had some some Vietnam War vets kind of always like they uh, relate how they're like, okay, so that's what Iraq was. Like, thank you for that. Um, and the reception has been has been great um, for, I think, for part of my core audience of, of civilians that just didn't didn't get it right um and now they do and they just it took some of the pomposity and the pretentiousness out of you know some of these other stories you hear so it, reception's been great yeah i mean when you see hurt locker and there's like one dude running down the hall you know just by himself and you're like yeah that doesn't happen yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's stupid but i don't think people get that because when you turn on tv you're get you're getting this little image of just 24 seven heroism when in reality, it's just another dude that's in your beehive and you're like, it is what it is. So uh, just in closing, where can people find you? Where can they communicate with you? Where can they buy your book? Yeah. Well, thank you, Mark. Uh, so Dodge bomb outside the wire. There you go, Jeff Dodge bomb uh, outside the wire in the second Iraq war. It's available on Amazon in paperback and ebook. Uh, you can also, um, you can find uh, on Facebook, there's a Dodge Bomb page. I also have a website, uh, DarrenMichaelPeppel.com, uh, that takes you um, to all my social media and all these sources. Uh, but seriously, the easiest way to find it is on Amazon, Dodge Bomb, one word, it'll pop right up. Who, uh, if, if we get a movie deal here, who's going to uh, play Fitz? We got anybody lined up yet? Um, I need somebody sort of young and sarcastic. Um, everyone's kind of getting um, too old for these roles, right? Um, right. What, was, what was the name of the guy um, from... Um, They're Kenny. Um, who, Ashley? You? The, uh, no, not, no, not me. I was, <laughs> no. Um, no, the the main lead from Letterkenny. He's like one of my favorite sarcastic... Another Letterkenny. Uh, it's a Canadian comedy. Come I on. thought you were going to go with this Star Wars guy, and I can't think of his name. But uh, no, no, he's not. the young guy that ruined Star Wars, or yeah, I, but he's a former <laughs> Marine, so he that wouldn't work out too well. Uh, He'd have to read the scripts, which right, that was a non-starter. Completely, completely not going to happen. Steve Buscemi will play me in my life. Adam Driver. Adam that's Driver. Like, yeah. Adam Driver. Yeah. Adam Driver's probably getting a little, little too old. Right. It's not like. Brad Pitt, right? Like at some yeah. point he'll be 70 and still be like in, a, in the next war movie. Right. Well, Tom Cruise oh. is still jumping 
from one building to another. So Jerry you know. Kiso. Yeah, we're, we we moved on from Letterkenny. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> All right. What, do, what what do you think, Darren? Is there are we gonna are we gonna see this on the uh, big screen at some point? I think I think at some point. I mean, with your guys's you know interest now. Sure. Oh yeah. Influence, it's it's going to be a national best done deal. Movie rights done deal. Yeah. Deal. You should you should definitely as soon as you leave make sure your phone's on. New York Times bestseller list is calling. So. No I will doubt. be holding my breath, you know, because I'm sure it'll be instantaneous. Yes, it will. All right, Darren. Well, thank you very much for your time. We appreciate you being here. And uh, we will, uh, everyone else, we'll be right back after the break. Thanks, Darren. Really appreciate you guys. Thank you. Did you know that you could cut a five-pointed star in one snip? Betsy Ross did. Learn her secret and many other things you might not know about Old Glory in the American Legion's bookazine. Indivisible, the story of our flag. Available at legion.org forward slash emblem sales. All right, Ashley, we have now heard from Darren and we'll get your reaction first. Well, Darren's an absolute treat. I enjoy folks who are sharing their stories in our community. I think it's so important to normalize our, our service. And I think he hit the nail on the head when he said that Hollywood sometimes exaggerates and kind of looks at the extremes of service. So to have a story that's out there that just, again, has the normalcy of service and the shenanigans and just having the the sarcastic wit about us, it's a great representation and I appreciate it having him on. Jeff? Uh, I, I, I enjoyed the show. It, as you can tell, if I'm volunteering to read something, I must have uh, really had a had something to take away. And I agree with Ashley that it's it's good to see the other the other stories, you know, the, the in-between stuff. Yeah. And uh, although I am going to stand up for Hollywood, nobody, just like watching a, a cop show, nobody wants to see the cop sitting there in his car for hours and hours again. Nobody wants to see the doctor looking over paperwork, researching things on the computer. You kind of he kind of that's it's kind of the way it is with Hollywood. And I think he, he's doing it a different way. And I, I could actually, from what we talked about, see this becoming Hollywood. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you, you know, he's you have to fill in the blanks still with the, the funny stories and the, the, the things that go on be, between the gunfire. Right. Yeah. So it's so that has me intrigued and I, I will be reading it for sure. Yeah, this will be, I, and I will read I, I, I kept thinking about David Bellavia's book. Now he got the Medal of Honor. So a lot of his book is about that. But the parts that really interest me in David's book were literally just troops sitting around talking about things. And those are the parts that I really enjoy because that's kind of the thing that resonates with me. You know, it, it, Hollywood, it, everybody's a, like he said, everybody's a sniper, everybody's a seal, everything else. I actually kind of want to hear about just the random guys that could have served in my unit you know, that didn't necessarily, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on the book. I'm very eager to read it on my vacation next week. So I'm very excited about it. So, uh, but, uh, we will of course still have a show next week. So don't worry about that. Uh, but that's it for today. Um, as always, remember to subscribe to the Tango Alpha Lima on Apple podcast, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And while you're there, Review and rate us, preferably five stars. If you want to send us feedback, you can comment on YouTube 
or Facebook, or you can send us an email at tangoalphalima at legion.org. I was kind of tempted here to start reading all the metadata stuff that Super Producer Holly put in there, only because she keeps nodding her head and think that somehow that transmits it directly to my brain, and I'll know what she's thinking, but I do not. But as always, we love Super Producer Holly. We just necessarily can't read her face all the time. And Super Producer Holly did make the heart symbol with her hands that drives me completely out of my mind. And I'm sure she did that on purpose. But everyone, uh, Jeff, Ashley, I'll see you guys next week. Everyone else, uh, we'll see you soon. Ashley is frozen again, or maybe she's just super still and she's doing some sort of statue thing. But yes, no, I love all three of you, especially Robert, who's not actually on screen. All right, folks, we will see you next week. Bye.